Let's open our Bibles tonight uh, to the book of Romans. And let's go over to uh, chapter 8 and we'll pray and come into agreement concerning utterance tonight and see what the Spirit of the Lord has for us this evening. Father, we thank you for your word. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And we've made the choice to establish it here upon the earth and in our hearts. And we thank you, Master, for speaking to us through the word and by your spirit. We pray the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light and that our spirits would be strengthened in glory and in might. We thank you, Father, that we have faith in the power of God, the manifest presence of God, and the power of your word. Lord, I thank you that you are upholding all things by the glorious word of your power. And Lord, we continue to pray over the United States. We continue to pray over the unrest that is in this nation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have chosen to live on the victory side, and we have chosen to live, praise God, in the spirit of prayer. And so we offer our prayer and our supplications in the name of Jesus, and continue to hold up the hurting in El Paso, to hold up the hurting over there in Dayton, and to hold up the hurting over there in Gilroy, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for apprehending and putting a stop on any future attacks in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for those that watch, those that look after, and those that uh, are in that area of government. Lord, give them wisdom, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We loose the angels all about them. Give them insight. Give them wisdom, Lord. And we bind the devil in the name of Jesus. We put a stop on these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's praise Him for a moment. Glory to God. 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 We worship You. We thank You, Lord. We thank You. Thank You, Lord. All things are opened, opened, opened under the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Nothing, nothing is unseen by you, Lord. As prayers and watchers show us things to come, we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to the spirit of prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. That kind of reminds me of next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. You know, the ladies kicked off a beautiful prayer meeting this morning. We're going to have a corporate all-church prayer meeting this coming Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. So please come. In Romans, the 8th chapter now, and I want us to take a look at verse 31. Romans 8, the 31st verse. What shall we then say to these things? Is it important that we speak to things? Is it important that we value and understand the significance of faith-filled words? Things can hear us. Fevers can hear us. Fevers left Peter's mother-in-law because she heard the command of faith. The fever left her. See, things that come against us can hear us. And so we're not to be moved by these things, the Apostle Paul said. He said, none of these things move me. Paul, instead of being moved by those things, 
began to move his mouth and those things began to move. Amen? Before your mountains will ever move, your mouth's got to move first. Amen? So he said, now, what shall we then say to these things? Well, Paul says, if God, we could say it this way, since God is for us. Since God is for us, who can successfully be against us? Now, there's no question there are things that are against us, but they must not and they cannot succeed when we know that God is for us. Amen? So, since God is for you, who can be against you? Amen. Now, we know, as we have established these last couple of Wednesday nights, that definitely He's on our side. He's for us. He's looking out after us. As a matter of fact, He said that the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on your behalf. That's Him being for you. Now, just like He is for us, we have... An opponent that is against us. So we're not to be afraid of that. It's just a fact. We are to be aware of Satan's tactics, right? In 1 Peter chapter 5, we looked at this last week. Notice here, and I like what Dad Hagen says. He says, if God is for us, what difference does it make who's against us? Nothing is ever going to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Now notice in 1 Peter chapter 4, or 5, verse 8 and verse 9. Glory to God. I'm thankful He's for me. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this. uh, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So we established last week that he may not devour us. Because God's for us. He's on our side. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then he says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Literally, whom resist him steadfastly with your faith. Okay? So God then has given us faith... That's one way that He's for you. He's given us the measure of mountain-moving faith. That means that you and I are not at a disadvantage in this life. We are believers. And as believers, we have the believer's advantage. This measure of faith that God has placed in you, this measure of faith is mountain-moving. This measure of faith is the believing and receiving on the inside of each and every one of us. Amen? So resist him steadfast with your faith. Again, the enemy's against us. God is for us. And as I said last week, it doesn't help for us to pretend like there is no adversary. But now what we want to make sure we do is we don't want to give that guy any place. Look at Ephesians 4.27. We want to look at these scriptures tonight. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 27th verse.
Ephesians 4.27 says this, Neither give place to who? Neither give him place. Give him no place. Don't give him an inch. Give him no place. Give him no topos, no topos. Don't give him any, any place on the map of your life. Don't give him any place in your mind. Don't give him any place in your walking in love. Don't give him any place in your finances. And I had this word about a week ago. And I just want to share it with you. I believe the Spirit of the Lord gave it to me. Are you ready? One way that we give him no place is we stay safe in the secret place. One way that we give the enemy no place is that we stay safe in the secret place. Now, if you were here on Sunday morning, we talked about that secret place. That secret place is what Psalms 91 talks about, where it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. As we live in that place, and as we live in that presence of that secret place, the enemy cannot get a foothold in there. He is not welcome. As a matter of fact, in that secret place where you and I live, there is a sign in the Spirit which says, No trespassing, Mr. Devil. That means you. Amen. Amen. So say this with me. The way that I give no place to the enemy is I'm going to stay safe in the secret place. Amen. I like that. If you weren't here Sunday morning... Uh, get the information. The book of Psalms says, When I cry unto thee, then my enemy shall turn back. This I know that God is for me. Amen. And then we talked quite a while out of the book of Exodus chapter 23. And I want to take a look at that again in verse 20. Exodus chapter 23. And notice with me in verse 20. Exodus 23 and verse 20. How many of you know there's blessings for those who will be obedient? In verse 22 it says, If thou shalt indeed obey my voice. Of course, he's talking about angels here. But thank God we've got the voice of God in the word of God. And we've got the voice of the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he says, If thou shalt indeed obey my voice... And do all that I shall speak unto you. Read the rest with me. Then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. And I will be an adversary unto thine adversaries. Amen. Exodus 23 verse 22. He says, I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I will be an adversary to your adversaries. I like that. What this means, my dear friends, is this. He is against what's coming against you. He is against, absolutely not for anything and everything that's coming against you. No matter what it may be, if it's not from heaven, if it comes from hell, he's against it. I'm telling you, he's against it. And we need to be against it. And we need to be as against it as he is against it. Now... Look at Isaiah 54. I saw some things here. 
not too long ago. Look over at Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Isaiah the 54th chapter and verse 17. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Now notice this. We're going to look at this in the King James. It says, now no weapon. Everyone say no weapon. So this is a word from he who is against your adversaries. This is a word from he who is an enemy to your enemies. And he says to you and to me tonight, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. So we know that the enemy has weapons, right? Whatever form those weapons take, those weapons are not designed to bless us. Those weapons are oftentimes designed to take us out. Or to bring us down. Or to bring us to a place of lack and bring us to a place where we're so depressed and full of sickness and disease that we can't even live for Christ. But remember this, He's against what's against you. Hallelujah. God's for you. So how he counterattacks or counteracts those weapons which are against us, he has given us his weapons which are for us. And he's telling us now, I want you to take my weapons which is a sign that I'm for you and I want you to utilize those weapons against those weapons that have been formed against you. You see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But the weapons of our warfare, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, Satan doesn't have anything new to come up with. There's no temptation. In other words, there's no weapon taking you, but such as is common to man. But our God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above your ability. Your ability, my brothers and sisters, is in the weapons of your warfare that He's given you to counterattack what's against you. Oh, I like it. And so I just want to look at one of these weapons tonight. Jesus demonstrated so beautifully and so clearly the main weapon that he's given us to come against what's against us. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew the fourth chapter. And I'm going to read all uh, of the verses here in verse uh, 1 through 10. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, as we go through this, we could say, these were weapons formed against Jesus. Were there not weapons formed against the Master? I mean, you're going to see the weapons that He tempted Him with. And when He had fasted 40 days and nights, He was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him with his weapon, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Jesus did not deal with Satan in the intellectual realm. He brought him right to the Word. 
He did not try to prove to him that he was the Son of God. He didn't pull out his camel's driver's license and said, Look, I am the Son of God, obviously. But Satan came along and tempted him when he was at a very weak moment. And you will notice that these temptations many times come when you're at a weak point. Maybe you're fatigued or maybe you didn't sleep well for a few nights. That's when the enemy will come. And he came to Jesus when he was at a weak and even a potentially fatigued point. And he came to him into the arena of his soul. He came to him with doubt. He said, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But Jesus brought him right over back into the arena of faith. And he says, it is written. Say it with me. It is written. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle in the temple. And he said unto him, if thou be the son of God. One thing about the enemy, he is persistent. He has weapon upon weapons. He said, if you're the son of God, cast yourself down for it is written. So now he's trying to say, now I know what the word says. Now you'll notice this about the enemy. He'll never give you the whole word. He may give you a portion of the word. And so the enemy comes along and tries to tempt Jesus by giving him half truths. And he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Mr. Devil, Thou shalt not, I like this, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. <laughs> I mean, he put him right back in his place, didn't he? I mean, sometimes, folks, you just got to put him right back in his place. You know where his place is, don't you? His place isn't in your mind. His place isn't in your body. His place is not in your pocketbook. His place is under your feet. So if you've got a message for the devil, put it right under your foot and go like this. He said, thou shalt not, the, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. I like it, don't you? Then the enemy... Took him up into exceeding high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Tempted him with pride. Possibly even suicide. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down. Think about this. And worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, get thee hence Satan. For it is written... Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So here's what we see. We see a demonstration of Jesus teaching us as an example that we must take the word that is written and speak the written word against the weapons that are formed against us. Understand this, that Jesus used the word. And if Jesus used the word, it's good enough for me. If Jesus used the word, we better use the word. Now, here's the other interesting thing is this. The, way, the reason why he could use the word is because he knew the word. 
He knew the word. He, he knew what was written. There's no way he could have said, it is written, if he didn't know what was written. Jesus knew what was written. He believed what was written. And he spoke what was written. You know, you remember in Luke chapter 4. He went into the synagogue as his custom was, the Bible says. And he stood up for to read out of the book of Isaiah. But it says here, there was delivered under the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where everyone say it was written. I'm telling you tonight, there's great value in finding the word. God's word is life to those who find them. Folks, this is God's will for us. We better become familiar with it. We better find scriptures that apply to our case. And be ready to use them against the devil when he comes with his weapons. Because God's given his word that we can stand against the onslaughts of the enemy. And I think, to be honest with you, I think a lot of Christians just don't know the word. I think a lot of Christians don't read the word. They don't take time to discover who they are in Christ. They don't take time to find out what is written. See, folks, the attack is coming. The weapons are going to be formed. Just mark it down. I'm not trying to sow fear. It's just a part of the, the, the being alive in this day and this age. The weapons are going to be formed. We better know and very, very familiar with the weapon of the word. <laughs> Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians, the first chapter. Notice with me in verse 9. Say it with me. God's word word. is God speaking to me. me. And God's word word. is God's will will. for all of us. Every one of us. In Colossians, the first chapter and the ninth verse. Notice this verse of scripture. Paul is praying for the church at Colossae. And he said, for this cause we also... Since the day we heard it, heard some great things about the people in Colossae. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. The knowledge of his will is the knowledge of his word. And he's praying that they would be filled with it. In other words, that they would be so filled with the knowledge of His will, so filled with the Word of God, that there's not any room for anything else. Now, another interesting point here, is when it talks about the knowledge of His will, it's not talking about head knowledge. You can go to seminaries, and you can get a lot of head knowledge. You can go to Bible colleges and get a lot of head knowledge. But it's not head knowledge that will put you over in life. It's revelation knowledge. It's knowledge that is revealed by the Spirit of God and drops into your heart. And that's what Paul is praying. That they would be filled with the knowledge of His Word. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, wisdom is attached then and is available 
once you are filled with the Word of God. God will give you wisdom and how to deal with those weapons that are formed against you. He'll give you, you God-designed, Holy Spirit-designed scriptures to use against that rat. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now go over to Ephesians chapter 1. Everyone say filled. Filled with the knowledge of His will. Filled with the knowledge of His word. That's what I did when I first got born again. I made the conscientious decision, I'm going to get full of this word. I can remember talking to a guy. I said, you know, uh, I'm thinking about quitting AA. I'm thinking about quitting NA. I'd been in treatment for almost a full year, to be honest with you. They really didn't know what to do with me. So they kept me in the hospital. They didn't want me to go back to the city where I came from because they knew that I wasn't strong enough to overcome the temptations that were in the city. Folks, you just got to know some things. And so I just stayed in the hospital, and, and then I began to work, and, and then, uh, you know, I got out of the hospital. I stayed in that little town where uh, I began to grow up in the Lord and getting my mind renewed. And day by day, I just got stronger and stronger. And, and it all was based on this Word. I found out what the Word said. I found out what the Word says I have. I found out what the Word says who I am. And I found out what the Word says I can do. And I believed it, and I began to speak it. And then over a process of time, didn't happen overnight, my mind started being renewed. My mind started coming back. And I started seeing myself the way that God saw me. Not difficult. But I had to apply my heart unto understanding. Mm -hmm. I had to take the time to pull away from the spirit of this world to get into the Word of God. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, notice with me, it says in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So Paul's praying again, ain't he? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of Him as a person? And in the knowledge of His Word. That the eyes of your understanding be what? That the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your inner man would be enlightened. In other words, Paul is praying that the lights would come on. Because evidently, in the church at Ephesus, there was some darkness in the believers' lives. And in the body of Christ, there's a whole lot of darkness. And so Paul is praying, and what we can pray is that the eyes of our spirit man, according to the Amplified says, be flooded with light. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Flooded with light. Means there ain't no room for nothing else. Glory to God. Flooded with light. To where the, the lights come on. And all of a sudden, you can see how you can live in victory over that thing that has hounded you. You can see on the inside of you how that you don't have to go back to the world. You can go all the way into the Word. You can go all the way into serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
It happens when the lights come on. It's happened when the eyes of your understanding are so flooded with light and you're filled with the knowledge of His will and you're thrilled to get up in the morning. Whereas years before you couldn't drag yourself out of bed, but now you can't wait to get up in the morning and declare this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Amen. Now the temptation is, once the lights come on, is to kind of settle in on the light we've received. But I've discovered that God's got more light for this old boy. God's got more light for you, Paul. God's got more light for you, Raul. God's got more light. There's greater depths to see. There's greater things to know. There's more fullness available to every believer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't settle for the light that you have. Because more light can come. And as you get more light, the Bible says, in His light we see more light. Hallelujah. That's where you start getting into the gifts of the Spirit. You start seeing the plan of God. God begins to show you things to come. Hallelujah. Shows you who your wife is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Flooded with light. Flooded with light. Flooded with light. In the middle of the night, believers can be flooded with light. At the midnight hour, we can be filled with the Holy Ghost and power and be flooded with light. Shout it with me. The lights are on. The lights are on. And I can tell when I'm preaching, when the lights go on. I can see it in people's eyes. You talk about things about like being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And they live such a dragged out, condemned life. But when they realize that He who made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, made them the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, light comes. And darkness is dispelled. And clouds of condemnation have no place because you're living in the word and you're declaring I say of the Lord out of his secret place amen so turn to Psalm 119 (coughs) ha 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 let's laugh at the devil right now Lord we got inside information the lights are on The lights are on. The devil can't turn the lights out. The lights are on. We're the light of the world. We're the light of the earth. The lights are on. Washington, D.C. can't turn the lights out. Politicians can't turn the lights out. The devil can't turn the lights out. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Because he stands against what stands against you. And you take these weapons and you stand. And having done all to stand, don't you back off. You be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Life is not always easy. Life can be tough. But guess what? In Christ we're tougher. Amen. And I'm going to drink to that. Glory. Amen. Psalm 119, 130. 
Glory, 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 glory. Everyone speak of His glory. Come on, guys. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm going to continue to dance with the one who brung me. How about you? Thank you. Flooded with light. Flooded with light. Flooded with light. Lord, what we see not help us to see. What we know not help us to know. Psalm 119, verse 130. Here it is. It's the entrance of His words that gives light. The entrance of His word gives light. The entrance of His word concerning by His stripes you were healed gives light into your, into your spirit, into your soul, and it begins to affect your body. The entrance of His word. So I have here then in my notes, here's some ways to get the word in your heart. In other words, here's some ways to get God's word to give it access. Because remember, it's a major weapon for you. Number one, meditate on the word. Just meditate. Don't be in such a hurry to go through the whole Bible in three days or less. Find you some scriptures and think on them. Ponder them. Invite the Holy Spirit to teach you about that. Meditate in the Word. It means to think on. It means to ponder. But it also means to mutter. And it means to utter. Rotterham's translation of Joshua 1.8 says, You will talk to yourself. We're talking about having conversations with ourselves. Amen? This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written for therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then what will happen? You'll have good success. So take that little book, In Him, by Brother Hagen. In Him, in Christ, in whom, in the Beloved. Take that little book. Take those 100 scriptures or so. Get yourself a little notebook and write those scriptures down. And then personalize them. You'll be transformed. And you will be changed. Another way is found in Romans 10 verse 8. Let's look over there. This is closely connected with meditation. I found this out early. That one of the best ways for me to act on God's word was to speak God's word. A lot of people don't equate with speaking God's word as acting on the word. But when you're saying what God says about yourself, you're acting on the word. Speaking God's word is an act of your faith. And I found out real early in my Christian life, one of the best ways to get the word in my heart was to speak it. To say it. To declare it. Every day. In Romans 10 verse 8. Are you there? Hallelujah. I'm going to get there. I know it's on the screen. Romans the 10th chapter. And what? Verse 8? Look at this scripture. Oh man. But what saith it? 
The word, the light, is nigh thee. The word is nigh thee. Notice. Even in thy what? It's in your mouth. Get it in your mouth. And it'll get in your heart. Get it in your mouth. That's what happened when you received Jesus. Did you know that? You said Jesus is Lord. You said that with your mouth. And he got in your heart. (laughs) Hallelujah. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. It's in your mouth. And it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of us need to preach the word to ourselves. Do you ever need some preaching? When I don't feel like preaching to myself, Brenda does a good job. The word is nigh you. It's right here. Get it in your mouth. That the communication of your faith may become divinely energized by you acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And then surround yourself with the word. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. I I was at home today. It was kind of a busy day. We've got several projects going on and and, uh, I did some other things and I got home, just got in front of my computer, computer, and I just turned old Alexander Scorby on. Alexander Scorby is an English man (laughs) that narrates the Bible, and I just let the Word of God just speak to me. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with the Word. Surround yourself with the Word. Get yourself the Bible on an app. Get the Heart of the Bay Christian Center app, (laughs) and you can listen to the Word all day long and all night long. What are you doing? You're letting it dwell in you richly. Spirit richly. You're saturating yourself. You're surrounding yourself with the Word of God. Now, if there's a CD that especially is spoken to you, or if there's a teacher that especially speaks to you, listen to it over and over again. I know some people that have listened to the same teaching over a hundred times. I'm one of them. Some of these guys, we we call them faith giants. Some of these guys go to bed with earbuds in their ears listening to teachings by Dad Hagen from 1970 and 1980. See, that's what we do. We surround ourselves with the Word. And we have no excuse not to. Let it dwell in you (coughs) richly and copiously. Lastly, turn with me over to Ephesians 6. Let it dwell in you richly, copiously. How many of you like baked potatoes? You know what you do with that butter and that baked potato? You saturate that potato. It's copious. It's richly. Huh? Come on. How many of you like hot tamales? Oh man, I hit a chord there. Homemade tamale. Oh, I had a homemade tamale in Fremont last night. And the sauce on that was copious. That's what God wants you to do. Just be a word junkie. 
just addict yourself to the work of God. Addict yourself to the service of God. He's an enemy to our enemies. He's an adversary to our adversaries. The weapons that are formed against us are enemies, but he's given us the weapons of our warfare to stand against that. Now, here's what you do. When the onslaughts come, Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, talks about the whole armor of God. In verse 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day when the weapons come. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, the entrance of his word, having on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing who you are in Christ, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of shalom, but above all, notice this, above all, above all, taking the shield of what? Taking the shield of faith, and as you take the shield of faith, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts, all the weapons that are formed against you. Quench it. The shield of faith is a force field of faith all around you. You're living by it. You're talking by it. You're acting on the Word of God. And so when those onslaughts come to your soul, when those things try to penetrate your very life, you just take that shield and you quench it. You stop it. But you don't stop there. There's another piece. And take the helmet of salvation and read the rest with me. And, and what? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of life. It's the word of God. It's the word of light. Light always dispels darkness. Life always dispels death. So those fiery darts come, you quench them, and then you just get around that shield and you take that sword. And you speak faith-filled words and you put them on the run. What do you say we do that just for a few moments? Everybody stand. Amen.